Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to a special season of What the Flock. We spent five seasons covering the topics that have caused so much damage. People don't come to church anymore. This season, our goal is to repair the Bible's reputation by taking specific Bible verses that have been abused due to man-made tradition and help you understand the ultimate answer for these verses. I'm joined by my co-host, Joel Swakowski. Hey, Joel, I'm gonna sing the rest of the episode. (laughs) Wow, wouldn't that be, that would be terrible. How long do you think it would take for you to be like, okay, dude, this is, this is nuts. Oh, I'm already there. I'm already there. Oh, this is nuts. (laughs) My immediate thought is I'm not a very future focused guy, as you know, but that immediately made me think, even if this episode's only 15 minutes long, that is going to get exhausting. <laughs> and not not for me. I love your singing voice. For you. This is a lot of words to sing. Anyways, yes. Awesome. Well, if you haven't listened to season one through five. No, well, it turned into a musical now. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, nice. man. Well, I want to give a little disclaimer that if you haven't listened to seasons one through five, I encourage you to do so. Everything we're going to discuss during this season is built on the foundation of the previous five seasons. So at the very least, we highly recommend you listening to the episodes that are referenced during this episode, because that's what we've been doing in season six. There's been a lot of references to past episodes. It's a great point there. And there will be more in this in every episode and then you know and i know for sure in this one there will be you remember 75 episodes repeatedly showed that every issue we cover has two perspectives that distract people from the ultimate answer the strict perspective and the loose perspective Mm -hmm. now we've seen the ultimate answer is the doctrinal answer the truth answer the conjunctive answer but the strict perspective one of the ways it's distracted from that ultimate answer is this side, the people who believe this initiate conflicts with God's word by saying that they know the correct interpretation for sure. Yet, when contradictions are exposed, they rationalize the reliance on man-made traditions in place of God's word. So the biggest example of this is you're a sinner and that all you, although you can't earn your salvation by works, you better do works to prove your salvation. We have seen that the people on the strict side can be categorized as a contradiction rationalizer. Thank you again for that, that term, Jonathan. That was, that's really cool. Yeah, buddy. Then the loose side. What's the loose perspective do is these people avoid conflict with God's word by saying that we can't know anything for sure because there is no answer given or it is beyond our understanding due to it being a paradox or too complex for our finite minds. Their contradiction is that they still want to say that they know for sure that you are wrong. We see these people or categorize these people as contradiction enablers. Nice. Great. So there's your strict and loose perspectives. Yeah, That's what that means. That's what we're going to be looking at today. What is the verse that we're going to focus on today? Today, we will be covering Matthew 7, 1, judge not that ye be not judged. Aha. 
Okay, in order to look at how this verse has damaged the reputation of the Bible, or in other words, how man has taken away from what God intended with this verse, what Joel and I have done is we've recorded some messages from two of our favorite callers from the first five seasons. We've been on a journey with these men. It's been an incredible experience. And first, what we want to do is we want to hear the strict explanation, which is given by Apostle Tater from McMullen, Alabama. Let's hear what Apostle Tater has to say. Jesus wasn't telling all people not to judge, just the ones who are not leaders. It is part of a leader's job to judge the right way with godly judgment. Joel, how would you respond to that? Well, I'd have this person listen to the contrastive thinking episode, season five, episode four, and the women in leadership episode, season one, episode 12. Is this person needs to consider they are wrong and hold themselves to a higher standard than they hold others. Otherwise, they are acting as a Pharisee. Ooh, nice. Next, the loose perspective is given by Pastor Rich from McMullen, Alabama. Let's hear what Pastor Rich has to say. You know, kind of interesting, y'all. No one is supposed to judge anyone of anything because no one is going to get judged. Everyone goes to heaven. You know, like they always say, love wins. Joel, how would you respond? Here, I'd have this person listen to the confrontation episode, season four, episode 11, and the apologies versus confession episode, season two, episode eight. Really, what I'm wanting is this person to understand the difference between judging something and determining what you believe about something. Nice. As well as realizing that people need confrontation so that they can grow through confession and repentance. Nice. Okay, so the strict side doesn't understand leadership and how the Pharisees became hypocrites. Yeah. And the loose side doesn't understand the value of confession and repentance because without it, there's no growth. Right. So while their intent, this loose side, their intent is to not hurt people's feelings They're actually hurting people's long-term growth and possibly their eternal salvation. Yeah. Ouchies. Yeah. So what steps should we take to get the correct interpretation of this verse? Well, we'll be using a five-step process for every passage this season. So let's start with number one, which we've determined is what does the Bible say? So we're checking here. Is what they're saying, is this passage even in the Bible? And also possibly comparing and contrasting different translations. Here, Matthew 7, 1, judge not that ye be not judged, is in the Bible. And even with the varying translations, it stays pretty consistent. So we're good there. Number one, we can move on to number two, which is what does the original language say? Here, it's a, this is a really important one, because the word judging, or judge not, that ye be not judged, 
is from the Greek word krino, which means seeking punishment to equal out justice. Oh, nice. We actually covered this in the confrontation episode. So that's a really, really important term to remember in the original language. Now, this doesn't necessarily flush out everything we need to learn about this verse and why it's been so abused in the church. So we do need to go to step three. What is the context? So what we're doing here, the context of the verse itself, we're bringing in the verses around that passage that that the top that the episode is is directly about in order to flush out more understanding so we're going to look at in the context we'll be looking at verses one through five in matthew chapter seven so let's look verse one judge not that you be not judged right We've, i've said that like three times this that's that's very straightforward mm-hmm. now we get a reason behind it verse two For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. All right, commentary break. What we're seeing here from Jesus's mouth, another distinction we like to make, right? When Jesus is actually speaking, it's, yeah, really serious. It is. He says, essentially, if you judge, you will be judged and held to the same standard as you hold others to. Otherwise, Jesus would be condoning hypocrisy, which we know he didn't. We know he confronted the Pharisees in that very issue. But Jesus stated that we should not equal out justice on others. Otherwise, justice would be equaled out on us. Great way to see that. So even if you don't agree with someone, it's crucial not to judge that person. Unless you don't want to take the words of Jesus and his premier teaching seriously. All right. So one of the things that we like to remind ourselves of, too, is these translations we're dealing with were done by man, right? That's why it is so important for us to get to the original language. And every time a man is involved in the editing or defining or translating of the Bible, there are opportunities for error. And today, we are blessed with excellent resources to find out what was actually written in the Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek languages. So here's an interesting take on verses 1 and 2. If we take the these verses in the original language in Remove all the fluff that makes it a little bit more legible or readable or smooth and actually do a direct word-for-word translation. This is what it would sound like, which brings a little bit more insight into what Jesus is trying to teach her. Hmm. So verse 1 would sound like this. No be you judging that no you may be being judged. In which, right? (laughs) And I'll explain this. Yeah, please. Yes. Awesome. Great. In verse two, in which for judgment you are judging, you shall be being judged. And in which measure you are measuring, it shall be being instead measured to you. Really the three pass, the three parts of these two verses that really, really, that are really important are the be being. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah, because I was gonna say this sounds like the Yoda translation. I'm a little <laughs> a little lost here. Maybe you're onto something there. So be so you want to focus on this right now, this be being part. Yeah. Okay. And, and here's an example. That's called the present active. It's the tense of a word. Okay. Present active. Mean do it now and do it continually. Be okay. being. So an example of this that's a little bit more simple to understand is. When when we when Paul teaches to be filled with the Spirit, the Greek actually reads "be being filled with the Spirit," which implies it's not just a one-time thing. You're full. Ah. It's a uh, present active. Do it now, now in the moment and, and continually. Got it. Right? Now and continually. Be yeah. being now. Be being continually. Yes. Yeah. Got it. So as we already saw, the word judge was from the Greek word krino, which meant seeking a punishment to equal justice. Verse two stated, rather than you judging someone else, what is actually happening at that moment, presently, is you are instead being judged with the exact measure you tried and failed to bring against someone else. So Jesus stated Whenever you seek a punishment on someone else in order to equal out justice, you are immediately being sought after for the same punishment to the same measure. Hmm. Okay, so how does this happen? Well, you may want to listen to the animal thinking episode we've done. It kind of helps under it helps you break down and we we teach a basic basic level understanding of our unconscious brain. Here, what, what's happening, what Jesus is teaching us is our unconscious brain sees our judging of another as a statement of our will. So it immediately begins judging us for every instance where we have done the same thing. Example, really basic. When I hurt someone, I feel bad. It's just. When I do something wrong against you, I have bad feelings in response. Yep. That's a basic understanding, an example of what's happening here. But the reality, my attempt to hurt another by judging them actually has no effect on that other person. Me judging you as a bad person doesn't actually do anything to you. Hmm. It does something to me. It's basically saying you you are essentially establishing your own law in which if you break or you have yeah. broken, you're going to go to jail or you're going to be punished right? as a result of what you are saying, quote, the law is or what's right for someone else to do. Right. And I mean, it's such an easy example we've covered before is road rage, right? Or driving. Yeah. You get so quick to judge people as you are a bad driver. Yep. That's statement, value. judgment. Yeah. And then immediately upon me doing that, my unconscious brain is reminding me of all the times that I cut someone off or did whatever the person I'm judging as a bad driver did. So the person that I'm judging as a bad driver isn't experiencing judgment. There's no effect. There's <laughs> They probably don't even know me. The last mm -hmm. time I judged someone as a bad driver was on a highway here in Wisconsin. I don't even know the person. They don't know me. I felt bad after judging them. They 
didn't, their life didn't change at all. <laughs> okay. It's not worth it. Just like, it's not worth it. You're hurting yourselves here. Yeah. So God made our unconscious brain to have an accurate record of our external reality, including my own words and my own actions. Really, he does this so that there is an objective record of what people actually say and do. No one gets away with anything. God made our unconscious brain to immediately warn us when we have a contradiction between our words and our actions. What is this warning? Being unsettled. Nice. So I judge that person as a bad driver, and I'm immediately unsettled because of all the contradiction is, wait, I either have to admit I'm also a bad driver or admit I was wrong for judging them as a bad driver because I've done the same thing they're doing. Now, although I can try to convince myself that judging others is okay or that there are circumstances that I have an excuse to judge, I will never be able to remove the unsettled feeling my unconscious brain gives me until I resolve this contradiction. So what we see is the unconscious brain is a justice junkie, or we call it reflexive. When I do something to others, my unconscious brain does it back to me. In that moment, straight from the mouth of Jesus. Okay, so we have a better understanding of why we shouldn't judge, right? It only hurts us. Yes. But verses 3, 4, and 5 help us uncover what we're supposed to do instead. So we're looking at the context. Yes, we are. We're going to get some more. We're going to get some more context here. Yeah. Cool. Okay, verses 3 through 5. And why beholdest thou the speck that is in your brother's eye but consider not the beam or the log that is in your own eye or how will you say to your brother let me pull out the speck out of your eye and behold a beam or a log is in your own eye thou hypocrite first cast out the beam or the log out of your own eye and you shall see clearly to cast out the speck out of your brother's eye first let me just say this Verse 5 proves Jesus in verses 1 and 2 is trying to prevent us from being hypocrites. Because here he explains what this could look like to be hypocritical. Thou hypocrite, first do this, then you can help your brother. But let's break this down a little bit. So considering the beam or the log in your own eye before you pull out the speck in someone else's is really the point. This is what Jesus is saying you can do. Don't judge. It'll be used against you. Consider what's going on in your own life before you help someone else in theirs. So if you work on yourself first, others will see and you will qualify to help them. Jesus here is using the principle of contrastive thinking. We ought to consider ourselves wrong first. Notice casting out the beam or the log in your own eye does not qualify you to judge others. It qualifies you to help others. With the specific context of verses 3 through 5 being believers. So not removing the log in your own eye and then judging believers would be hypocrisy. And many people wrongly use the word judging in conjunction with verse 5. When Jesus did not use that word judging after verse two, 
Oh, nice. Oh, that's right? great. Yeah, that's great. Are we getting this? Like how, why context is so important? Yes, yes. So this verse also implies that what we see wrong in others tends to be the thing we have wrong in our own lives. Why do I notice that so clearly? It's because I'm dealing or have dealt with that myself. And this can set us up to be hypocritical or Pharisaic if we judge others for what we do because we condemn ourselves. So that's it. That is a really, really clear view of what judge not lest ye be judged is really meant. We had to pull in the first five verses of chapter seven. We only needed these three steps. We don't need to go to steps four and five yet. And just another reminder, contradictions do not exist in reality. These steps are slowly bringing us through exposing and removing any contradictions that man has introduced into the Bible. We are trying to be and help you be contradiction removers yes how's this diddy going oh it's good i mean we're we're at the three steps we're still there so you still got some time to work out steps four and five yet yeah but the diddy so far what does the bible say did the english translation get in the way why don't you look at the context and that's Something exactly. like that. See, something I'm like not that. the ditty maker, so yeah, I'll just so- bump a bump my way into this. Yeah, something like that. But number one, what does the Bible say? Number two, did the English translation get in the way? Number three, why don't you look at the context? And that's where we're at. And we got the correct interpretation yeah. with just those three parts. You're, we did. We really did. And well, I love Matthew chapter seven is near and dear to my heart. So. It is absolutely incredible. So, Joel, what is the ultimate answer? The ultimate answer. So we know that the Bible does have conflicts in what is written and what is stated. However, the Bible does not have contradictions in the why or in the doctrine. So the ultimate answer, Jesus is teaching that we are not meant to judge one another. When we do, We are the ones who are judged in that moment. Further, Jesus is giving us the process we need in order to qualify to help someone without being in danger of hypocrisy. I qualify to help someone in an area that I am growing in. An area that I am getting the log or the beam out of my eye. Yeah, so it doesn't mm. have to be fully removed. Mm. But I could help somebody to the level of my growth. That's great. I could help somebody start the process of removing the log in their eye if I started the process of removing the log in, their, in my eye. But this is about, you know, Jesus essentially lays out, don't judge, it'll only hurt you. Here's what you can do instead of judging. Help the person by first helping yourself. And at no point is Jesus saying, execute justice or no equal point. out your own justice. So no, it's kind he, of like, the first two words are judge not. 
Don't do that. (laughs) It's literally, it's like Jesus is showing us the way to handle the speck that we see in other people. Right. So if someone has a speck in their eye and they do something to you, it's like, okay, because that's what happens, right? People are walking around with specks in their eyes and they're causing damage and they are doing things that are unfair. Well, don't just walk and do and and equal it out towards them. You are seeing their unfair actions, probably clearly because you have something in your eye that's the same issue. You know yeah. why you're so good at spotting that is because you have that issue too. Yeah, yeah. You know why it's really ticking you off and it fills you with energy to equal out justice? It's because you have that same issue. And when you see it in someone else, you get unconsciously confronted. You're unsettled. And we equate that unsettled feeling as if it's someone else's fault. If we're not in a good thought process, that unsettled feeling, we, instead of owning it as if it's the way God wired us so that we are warned about our own behavior, we can equate that not comfortable feeling as if it's someone else's fault. Amazing. So Jesus is literally going, if some, <laughs> if you want to equal out justice against someone else, please first look at yourself because it's likely yeah. that you have a log in your eye. Yeah. So your, your issue is even bigger. Exactly. Your issue is yourself. <laughs> if someone's making you upset or angry, look at yourself first. Well, cool. Well, thank you, Joel. This has been What the Flock. If you'd like a deeper study of this verse and how to deal with people who believe the man-made traditional perspectives, please listen to the Music of Life Church podcast companion episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.